And if you have your Bibles, please, I want to ask you this morning if you would turn to the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter number 11. Amen. One of the great uh, wisdom chapters of the Bible. Uh, that's specifically what, uh, what uh, some of these uh, Old Testament chapters are called. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, wisdom chapters. Amen. And we need wisdom. Focus on the family. Uh, what they did is they, uh, they did an uh, article on, on abortion. And uh, in that article, there was a statistic that uh, just absolutely jumped out at me. And that statistic said 30 years after the Roe versus Wade decision, 28% of that generation was aborted. What that means is, uh, is 28% of an entire generation never saw life. Can you imagine that? 28% of an entire generation never got to enjoy the possibilities of life. They, they never had a chance because they were aborted from the womb. Young people in the church are a tremendous asset. Young, young men in a congregation, they are a, an incredible blessing to every individual con- congregation. But one of the great tragedies that I have seen and I have watched, uh, unfortunately, over the decades is to watch young men mature, uh, grow up, they finally, they come to a place of usefulness in the church, a place of usefulness in the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, and we lose them. In other words, they, they grow up, they come to a place of maturity, and instead of choosing at a very vulnerable moment in life, and instead of choosing for, for Jesus Christ, instead of choosing for the will and the purposes of God, it's heartbreaking to watch young men grow up and decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sow my wild oats. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave my church. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test the waters. I'm going to, I'm going to test my wings. And I want to tell you, young men, one of the great dangers of sowing wild oats you think you're going to go out and sow your wild oats. Those wild oats, they turn into wildfire very, very quickly. One of the great mistakes of young men, one of the horrendous mistakes of young men, is they want to play with sin for a season, and then they think that they could come back into the will of God any time that they want. And you need to understand, and you need to mark it down, that you cannot, there's not a person in here that can do the will of God on our own terms. You don't do the will of God on your terms. You don't do the will of God in, in your convenient time frame. And a great mistake that many young men make is they, they think in the back of their mind that 
that when I'm ready, after I've got a belly full of sin, when I'm ready in my own time frame, I'm going to do the will of God. There's a lot of young men that I want to address. There's a lot of young men that I want to speak to this morning that where you're at in life, where you're at in ministry, you are at the age of decision. And I want to help you concerning your future. I want to help you concerning the plan that Almighty God has for your life. And I want to talk to you about maturity. The title of my message this morning is From Boys to Men. And God help you that you come to that place where you make that decision that you are going to go from being a boy and you're going to become a man in the kingdom of God. Let's read this morning Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and we want to begin our reading in verse number 9. Rejoice, young man, in your youth. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart, put away evil from your flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Look at verse 1. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near, where you say, I have no pleasure in them. Father, I come before you this morning asking you for your anointing. Minister to young men. Raise up another generation of preachers. Help us to do the will of God in our time frame, in our generation. Do it again in our midst, I pray. In Jesus' name, I ask. I want to talk to you this morning about, about maturity and speaking to, 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 to men that you make this decision of, of growth and progression. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about this morning is the importance of good beginnings. If you're a mom and a dad, you understand this. What you want to do is you want to start your children off on the right track early. This is, this is an imperative. Every mom and every dad, you, you've been given young lives to form, to shape, and to mold. And what you want, to do, what you want from them is you want them, you want them to start well, but when do you want them to start well? You want them to start well from the beginning. There's an ancient scripture, every mom, every dad, you know, you, uh, you've got this memorized. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 and verse 6, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from this. So what this is, is this is ancient Bible wisdom for all of us. But the Bible is teaching, obviously, train a child right, but the Bible says that you need to start 
when he is young. And so this is the power of, 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 uh, of your early days, your formative days of Christianity, your, your formative days in ministry. And what that scripture is teaching us, it's teaching us the long-term power of your early beginnings. And so you need to do well, but you, when you need to start is early. You need to start in your beginnings. And what you do in the beginning, this is the teaching of the Word of God, is that what you do in the beginning, it literally sets the stage for what you become when you're older. So to the young men, to the young women who are beginning your ministry in God, that are beginning your, you're beginning to launch out in life. You're at an age now where you're beginning to choose your course in life. You're beginning to choose your direction in life. I want to tell you, young man, that your early disciplines, your early habits, your early routines, these are going to determine what type of a man or what type of a woman you're going to become when you're older. What you become when you're older, the, the mold is set when you are young. I like a couple of quotes that I picked up that, 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 that convey this idea, one writer says, develop good habits and then become their slaves. I like that. There's some real wisdom in that. Develop at a young age. Develop good habits. And then can you say, become, become slaves to your good habits. The second quote that I have is, is from one of my favorite old-time preachers. His name is, is Clovis Chappelle. And years ago, many years ago, he wrote, he wrote an old classic. The book is out of print today. It's, it's very, very difficult to find. The book was called, If I Were Young. And so what that book is, it's, it's 19 chapters long. And each chapter reveals something that he would want to do if he were young again. He's writing from the perspective of old age. And he's writing what I would do differently if, if I were young again. One of the chapters says, if I was young again, I would mind my own business. How I many of oh, that's good doctrine right there? He, another chapter said, if I was young again, the, the lesson that I would want to teach myself is to encourage myself. Another chapter says, if I were young again, I would learn to forgive. How beautiful is that? Learning to forgive when you're a young man. Learning to forgive when you're a young woman. Uh, another chapter said, if I was young again, what I would do is, is I, would, I, would, I would want to grow up. I would want to mature. But, but the very first chapter in that book, if I were young again, this is how important it was to this old preacher. 
he said this, If I were young again, I would form good habits. How many of you know, young men, in the early days, in the formative days of your ministry, what you need to learn to do is you need to learn to form good habits. And listen to what Clovis Chappelle had to write. He said, habits make the man. If you are a man of bad habits, you're living a bad life. If you are a man of good habits, you are living a good life. For this reason, it is of the highest importance that all of us give earnest and eager attention to the forming of the right kind of habits. This is especially true for those of us whose habits have not yet been fully formed. Therefore, I say in all earnestness, if I were young again, I would form good habits. And to those of you that are watching this morning, what you need to bear in mind, you're not born with habits. You're not born with good habits. You are not born with bad habits. Do you understand? You develop habits. You, you create habits. You, you make habits. No little girl says, when I grow up, I want to be a prostitute. No little boy says, when I grow up, I want to be an alcoholic. The reason they become a prostitute, the reason that they become in the old age, the reason they become alcoholics is because of the choices that they have made, that they have made that led to the habits that they have developed. And so all habits, whether they are good or whether they are bad, they are developed by your choices and decisions of life. In our scripture, what we're reading is we're reading the wisdom of the wisest man to ever live. And from a viewpoint of old age, he's looking back over the course of his life. And this is his conclusion. He writes to young men, remember now. Remember now, your Creator, in the days of your youth. That word, remember, it's the Greek word, zakar. It's mentioned in various forms, some 222 times in the Bible. That word, remember, it literally means, be mindful, recall, Bring to your mind, bring to your remembrance. Remember your past experiences. And what Solomon, remember, the wisest man to ever live. Literally what he's saying there is he's saying, be a man while you're young. And he's saying, do it now, do it now. In other words, what he's writing, uh, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Don't wait until you're 21. Don't wait until you're 25. Don't wait until you're old enough to shave. Solomon's wisdom to young men is, is be a man while you're young. And that's the challenge 
that I bring to you this morning. One of the greatest regrets of life, one of the greatest regrets I know from my own life, is I let other people tell me what to do with my life. It's a great regret. That's, that's kind of the very definition of peer pressure. Is that you let other people tell you what to do with your life. That's peer pressure. You let your friends, you let your associates, you let the people that you hang out with determine your choices and decisions in life. You know, I looking back over when I was young, I could have been a good student in high school. But how many of you know, it's not cool to be a good student in high school. So that's why I was not a good student when I went to school. I now, I look back on my, my high school days, and the reason that I did not excel, the reason that I did not give myself, is because I allowed people that I have forgotten their names today. I don't even remember who they are today, but I allowed those people I went to school with to influence my life. And again, you know, when I was going, school, going to school, you know, back in the day, you know, doing good in school was, was not cool. It, it wasn't popular. And for that very reason, that's why I, I started getting high. That's why I started doing drugs. That's why I started drinking and partying. Because what I did is I let a, a group of people, I, I let them influence me. They said, you know, the party life, that was cool. And the great mistake of my life is I let, I let people that I don't even know who they are, where they are today, I let them influence me. And I wonder, I wonder now about some of these people that I allowed to influence me when I was a young man. They influenced me to get high. They influenced me to get loaded. They influenced me to, get, to be a rebel. I wonder where they're at today. Actually, I don't have to wonder because I know where the majority of them are at today and it's not good. Here's Moses. Here's the great man Moses on the backside of the desert. You know the story. He comes on this scene, this burning bush, this, this bush that is burning, yet it's, that it, yet it's not consumed. But I want you to understand, Moses at that time was in the infancy of the will of God for his life. He was just barely beginning his ministry. This is where his first real visitation of God came. God comes to Moses and said, Moses, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. And the point I want to bring out is here is the early days of Moses' ministry. And God is singling this man out. And God is telling him, Moses, I'm calling you to holy things. I'm, I'm calling you to my will and purpose. Here's God talking to Moses before Moses became Moses. Moses. 
Here's God talking to Moses before any of the great miracles that Moses ever did. And God is telling him at a young age, I have great things for you, Moses. I have great responsibility for you. And, and I pray, I pray, young men that are, that are watching this this morning, I pray that this moves your heart because what you do in the early stages of life, what you do in the infancy of your ministry, it sets the stage for what you become in the latter days of life. You know what Bible conference is this week? Bible conference, it's a burning bush experience. This is where God comes to you. And at conference, God tells you, take off your shoes. You're, you're not walking on common ground. You're not walking on ordinary ground. The week of conference, you are, you are walking on holy ground. And I want to tell you, young men, from an early stage, you need to become serious about the plan that Almighty God has for your life. Young men, you can't serve God in your time frame. You can't serve God when you want. You can't serve God when you're ready. Listen to this quote. He writes, he says, As a young man, I used to be annoyed by the thought of God. I was not ready to give up my ways for His ways. So with an effort, I put the thought of God totally out of my mind. Now... As I've grown older, I've come to feel a need for God. But He just doesn't seem to be real to me anymore. Listen, young men, it's, it's possible for godless thinking to become a habit in your life. It's possible for godless thinking to be a normal course for your life. The Bible teaches us that a young heart can become hardened to such a place that it becomes permanently hardened. That it becomes totally hardened. Again and again, the Bible warns us. How many times does the Bible say, let not your heart be, be hardened? And I'm wondering this morning, are there any young men that you are watching right now and your heart has become hard because you've allowed other people to influence you. You've allowed your friends to draw you away from the things of God, the will of God, and the purposes of God. Do not allow these, quote, friends to draw you away from the purposes of God at a very young age in your life. A man was witnessed to. He was 70 years old. This is what he said. He said, he had known me since my boyhood. He was eager for me to explain to him the way of life, and I did my best. I used the method that I would have used with a child. Then we prayed together. When we got up from our knees, I asked him if he understood his face was perplexed and sad. He shook his head sadly saying, It seems simple enough, 
I'm sure I ought to understand, but somehow I don't. I'm afraid I've waited too long. I'm afraid I've waited too long. You can't come to God whenever you want to come to God. You can't go out and get a belly full of sin and I'll come back into the church. I'll come back into God's good graces. As a pastor, I've watched literally several generations of young men grow up in our church in Bullhead City. And I watch these men that are raised in our children's church. They're raised in church. And I watch them come to this dangerous age where they grow up, where they, where they graduate from school, where, where they begin to launch out and discover life. And I've watched them. They told me, Pastor, I want a break. I've, I've been raised in church. I've grown up in church all my life. I've gone to church because my parents made me come to church. And now I, and now I, just, I just want to break. I want to be my own man. I, I want to live my own life. And can I give you, please, can I give you some wise advice from experience in my own life? That's why I got saved. I got saved because of the cost of living the life that I wanted to live. As a young man, I rebelled from my parents. I left my father and I told him, you'll never tell me what to do again. I'm on my own. I dove into sin. I gave myself to everything that my parents told me not to do. They warned me not to do. And finally, I came to the conclusion at an early age that I need Jesus. Listen to me, please, young man. I've been your age. You've never been my age. And if it was so great out in the world, you think the world looks so good. If it was so great out in the world, listen, I'd still be out there. How many young men this morning, you're in the crossroads of life. You're making decisions and choices that are going to determine your direction in life going to determine your course in life. You're at an age right now where sin is looking really good. You're at an age right now where sin is looking really, really inviting. And I want to tell you, at that point of time in your life, the Bible calls it youthful lust. Youthful lust. And at that point of time in your life, Listen to me, young man. You're facing a very real devil. All your life you've been under the watchful eye of your parents, of your pastor, of your church. But the devil knew that there was going to come a time in your life when you were going to leave the nest. The devil knew there was going to come a time when you would crawl out from the covering of your mom and dad, from the covering of your church, from the covering of your pastor. 
Man, do you remember when you were little? Do you remember when you were little? Did you ever play church in the nursery? When you were little in the nursery, did you ever play church? Did you ever say, I, I, I'm going to be the pastor. I'm going to preach. I, I'm going I'm to play pastor. I'm going I'm to play church. But now you've grown up. And now you want to go your own way. What happened? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. You met a very real devil. You met him at a critical time in your life, in your youth. Why the Bible says that you need to flee these, these youthful transgressions. The devil has waited for you. He's waited for you to crawl out from the covering and the protection of mom and dad. And that's why the wisest man to ever live, he says, remember now the creator, your creator in the days of your youth. I want to talk to you for a moment about setting the course. Young men, where's your choices in life going to take you? Where are they going to take you? How many know that as you become older, hopefully you become wiser? Hopefully. As you get older, how many of you know you have to figure out where shampoo comes from? <laughs> when you're young, you know, you just go take a shower and the shampoo is in the shower. But how many of you know when you move out, you find out where shampoo comes from? Mom and dad bought it. Dad gave mom the money. Mom went out and bought it. She put it there for you. Do you know, do you know that that toilet paper doesn't magically grow from the chrome bar in the bathroom. Dad earns the money. Mom goes out to the store. She buys it. She puts it there. Those tires that you like to burn out on, guess where they come from? Mom and Dad. But you'll discover this when you grow up. And so what Solomon is doing is he's pleading to young men. He's asking young men. The message here is take life seriously. Take ministry seriously. Solomon is writing from the grave. He's saying, be accountable, young man. Be responsible, young man. Give your life to eternal issues. And his writing is, do it now. Do it early. Do it in the days of your youth. 1 Timothy 4.12 Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in Word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Verse 10 of our text, I want to read it from the Amplified Bible. It says, uh, Therefore, remove the lust that end in sorrow and vexation from your heart and mind, and put away evil from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity, transitory, idle, empty, and devoid of truth. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee youthful lusts. 
Listen to me. All of these scriptures are warning you about the dangers that come at a very very dangerous time frame. It's this time when you were young. This time when you're budding. This time when you're setting your course in life. Youthful lusts. They are not the same as other sins. The objective of youthful lust is to turn you away from God at a very early age of life. To turn you away from the destiny, the the future, the plan that Almighty God has for your life. This is what youthful lusts are. They come to you at a very critical, a very vulnerable time. And And the very purpose of youthful lusts is literally at a time when you're most needed to turn you away from God and ministry. The devil will always come to you when you're young, when you're naive, when you're inexperienced. Did you know that when you're 18, every part of your body is developed except your brain? And the devil, listen, he paints such an enticing, enticing picture, doesn't he? And those enticing pictures of sin that the devil paints, it leads you to having babies when you're 16 years old and you're not married. You know when praying mantises, when praying mantises, when they mate, the female, what she does is she reaches around and she bites the male's head off And he keeps on mating. I pastored that guy before. He doesn't have a brain, and he keeps on mating. You need to understand, you're not a man just because you can have babies. You're not a man just because you have the physical attributes. Verse 1 says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of your youth, While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. I've read that scripture for years. I have it marked down in my Bible, highlighted in my Bible. But what does it mean? What does that scripture mean? It might be talking about 17-year-old girls who are sitting at home with a crying baby while all of her young friends are out enjoying life. Listen to me, young ladies. All it takes is to have sex one time. That's all it takes. One time. And now your life has changed. And now you have a baby. And now all your friends are doing it. But you can't because you have, now you have a baby. One time. That's all it takes to get genital warts. One time. Anybody out there like warts? Do you like warts? How about warts in your private area? For the rest of your life. That's what Solomon's saying. Remember God before the difficult days come. Another translation says, Remember God before the days of trouble 
And I'm telling you, remember God, young man. Remember God, young woman. Before the days of sin take their toll on your life. Young man, do you realize how quickly the party can end? One unwanted child. One car wreck. One sexually transmitted disease. I've read story after story after story. Five beautiful teenage girls killed in a car wreck because the driver was texting. Something so stupid, something so foolish claimed the lives of five beautiful young girls. How many youthful lusts Take from you the most important thing in your life, the most valuable thing in life. They take from you your soul. They take from you your destiny in God. Here's five girls, five young, young, beautiful. They're just out having fun, enjoying their life, but now they're in eternity. Oh, but pastor, you don't understand. We're just having fun. No, you don't understand. You're setting the course for your life. Oh, but pastor, you know, when I get older, I'm going I'm to come back to God. I'm gonna, I'll come back to church just, just right now. I just want to enjoy life a little. No, you don't understand. You're setting the course for your life. But pastor, I just want to enjoy my life. I just want to live life a little. No, you don't understand. You're setting the course of your life. Do you know what a fossil is? A fossil is an animal that fell to the ground, died, and froze there. That's the danger of sin. That's the danger of temptation. You can fossilize there. You can freeze there forever. I've seen young men in the church play church. Play church. And I've seen them fossilize there. They leave the church. Become worse than they were in the beginning. I've seen little girls act like whores. And they fossilize there. They stay there. I've seen young men ignore God, choose to go their own way, do their own thing. And they fossilize there. Every year since I've been here, we always go to high school graduations. The principal always stands up, a teacher always stands up, a speaker always stands up and says, you graduating class, you are our future. Listen to me, young men, what you do when you're young determines your future. Young men, what are you doing with your life right now? What are you doing? What are you doing with your choices and decisions that are setting the stage for what you're going to become? Young men, you're the future of our fellowship. If I got to speak at a graduating class, 
I'd like to say half of you, stand up. Because that's how many of you are going to be divorced in the next 10 years. If I was speaking at a graduation class, I'd like to ask every four students, stand to your feet. Because that's how many of you are going to become drug addicts. If I was speaking at a graduation, I'd like to say, I want every 20th student to stand to your feet. Because that's how many of you are going to commit suicide before you're 25. What are you going to do with your life? Choose you this day whom you will serve. I want to close. I want to talk to you very quickly about avoiding youthful lusts. You have to make up your mind at the altar this morning. You have to make up your mind that I am going to avoid these very dangerous, these very peculiar youthful lusts that hit you at a specific time frame. One of the great problems of youth, one of the great tragedies of young men is you live by your emotions, music and movies, social media, social media, they're powerful manipulators of youthful lusts. Social media moves you. Social media takes you somewhere. Have you ever seen an old alcoholic have you ever seen an old wino? Have you ever seen an old druggie? Have you ever seen an old queer? An old prostitute? You ever seen an old wino out in the streets, you know? Sitting in the streets, sitting in a puddle of his own urine? Listen to me, young man, young woman. The only difference between you and them it's a little bit of time. If you give yourself to that, you need to break free from the pack. That's what I did. My early 20s. One of the greatest decisions of my Christianity, I made the decision to break free from the pack that I ran with. 1 Peter 4.4 4 says, Wherefore they think it strange that you run not with them to the, same excess, to the same excess of riot speaking evil of you. Break free from the pack. In other words, your friends are going to think, what's wrong with you? You don't run with us no more. You don't, you don't hang with us no more. That's what Christianity does. Your unsaved buddies are going to think something is wrong with him. He doesn't want to hang around us anymore. And listen, if you want to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to make the decision early in life that you're going to break free from the pack. One of the greatest decisions that I ever made as an early Christian, my friends, they wanted to get me high. My friends wanted to get me loaded. My friends wanted me to chase women with them. But I made the decision when I got saved, I'm not going to give my life for that. I'm not going to do that. Another good lesson for you young men, quit hanging around the mockers in the church. Quit hanging around with the mockers 
in the church. You know, the great tragedy is that the worst mockers, they, they don't come from the streets. They don't come from sinners. Sometimes the worst mockers come from the pews. They come from our own ranks, our own brethren. Let me tell you something. Sometimes irreverence is birthed in the pews. You listen to mockers in the, mockers in the church and they teach you an irreverence for the things of God. And something ugly happens when that spirit of irreverence gets on you. I close. I think that one of the greatest conversions that I've ever seen in my life, it's not when bikers get saved. It's not when people who are tattooed from one end to the other, it's not when they get saved. I think that one of the most precious conversions that I've ever seen in my life is when church kids get genuinely converted. Kids raised in church, and then they find God in that very church that they were raised in. Boys to men, will you make that decision? Boys to men, it, it's not a, a rhythm and blues singing group. It's a growing up. It's a maturing. It's a taking the things of God seriously. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I saw a title of a book that I really, really liked. The title of the book was Male by Birth, Man by Choice. And you might be, you might be a male by birth, but you become a man by choice. Maturity, it isn't an age. It isn't 19, it isn't 20, it isn't 21. Genuine maturity in the kingdom of God, it comes when you come to the altar and say, today, I'm going to become a man. I'm going to become a man of God. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. No one's moving around.